Hi everyone, it's Ada. In this episode, I sit down and talk with trans athlete and activist Chris Mosier about what we love about sports and what we get from play and our favorite sports moments. I sat down and recorded this episode as well as a few other episodes from this mini series last uh, spring and winter. And we're just going to be putting them out slowly over the next couple of weeks and months. So look out for those. Um, obviously, there's some stuff in this that's a little outdated. Brittany Griner has since been released from her Russian detention, which is great. Um, but the, the episode, I think, really captures some really important stuff. So I'm excited people finally get to hear it. Enjoy the show. I am Ada Road Short, an academic activist, occasional artist, and white queer trans woman whose pronouns are she, her. I also love sports, and I skate for Omaha Roller Derby. This is Most Valuable Teammates, a totally trans network podcast where I talk to trans athletes about what they love to do and watch, and what they get from competition and play. I am really excited about my guest this week, so without further ado, who the heck are you? Hi, my name is Chris Mosier. My pronouns are he and him. I am a white person with short brown hair and an incredible brown curly mustache. Uh, Today, I'm wearing a blue shirt seated in front of a blue backsplash. uh, Looks like water behind me. And I am a trans athlete who is the first trans athlete to make a men's U.S. national team. Uh, In 2015, I made Team USA and challenged the International Olympic Committee's policy on transgender athletes was able to get that changed and be the first trans athlete to compete in the gender with which they identify uh, internationally uh, representing our country. Uh, Right now, I'm the founder of transathlete.com and run that website. And I would say, you know, I am a uh, athlete, an activist, an educator, and a cool dude. I would, I would definitely agree with this. Also, I'm really happy that you described your mustache because it is majestic as fuck. <laughs> Thank so. you so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually met you through activism originally in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, the thesis of this podcast is trying to focus more on, um, I guess, like what we get about sports and that side of it more than trying to justify our existence in it. But I think that's maybe something we should touch on really quickly is... Uh, sort of your history and activism and how that's played a role in your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I um, I think I failed to mention I am a triathlete, a duathlete. I went to the Olympic trials in race walking. Uh, I love to play any and all sports, uh, you know, just anything to be active. And that's really the way that my activism came about. It was really started because I wanted to continue to play sports and I did not want to have to give up. Uh, my opportunity to continue to play sports in order to be my authentic self. And I also didn't want to hide my authentic self in order to play the sports that I love. So I really, I came out and through that process, realized the struggles that I had. And that was really the catalyst for making me believe that I wanted to make sure that nobody else had to experience those struggles behind me. Uh, You know, unfortunately, it's not that no one else has had to experience those, but I have been able to make it easier for folks by both visibility and sharing my story and then using that to actually create policy change for everywhere from the Olympic level down to high schools and middle schools. How did you originally get involved in sports as a kiddo and what made you fall in love with them? 
Oh, wow. You know, I think I fell in love instantly. I can remember being four years old. And it's interesting. My earliest memories of sport are also very related to my earliest memories of gender and of being told that I was, you know, not the person I thought I was or that I should be acting in a different way. But yeah, four years old, I can remember playing uh, t-ball and and soccer and anything with the kids in the neighborhood. And it was really, you know, that process of as I grew up, as I became a little bit older, I realized that people thought that I was pretty weird <laughs> out off the court of the field. Like they didn't understand me. And I was just a really unique kid uh, following my passion and what I felt was right. But that didn't really align with what people thought a quote unquote little girl should be liking, doing, saying, wearing, and so on. Um, so yeah, it was just through that process of understanding that I was, um, I was, appreciated and adored and accepted while I was playing sports more than I was off the court of the field. And that was really what drew me to sports and that acceptance, that validation that I felt when I was playing on a team, not only as a good athlete, but as a, as a great teammate, as a great leader, that was what drove me to continue to pour myself into sports. And it really was as much as it was fun. It was really life-saving and like life-changing for me as well. You may, you maybe said this and I just missed it. What were your first sports? Were they just the general kiddo North American sports of like soccer, t-ball, maybe like hockey? What? Yeah. Oh, definitely never hockey. But um, I'm very Canadian. So that's, yeah. that's the one we all have to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, hockey, curling. And no, um, when I was a kid, <laughs> it was uh, t-ball and then it was basketball was really my true love. Um, and then uh, volleyball. So I did. A, I dabbled in cross country when I was in middle school. It was horrible. I, I had one swore off running until I actually became a runner. And then uh, in high school was volleyball, basketball, and softball were my three sports. Um, all conference in all of them. Uh, really just poured myself into all of those. And actually at my school, that was all that was offered. So I had those options. And then when I was in college, it was kind of recreational anything, everything from badminton and pickleball to uh, ultimate and, you know, soccer, anything that was co-ed is, is what I did then. So when did you start running? Because I, I guess I don't know, like long distance, like race sports very well, because that is. I am I was a sprinter and now I my my general ability is I can go fast for like 2 minutes max and then I die. <laughs> um so how did you come to that late like later comparatively in your athletic career to like most people? Yeah, a couple of things. So the first was in college I picked up running uh, like I said, I hated it in high school. I hated it in junior high. Um, running was punishment in team sports. And so there was really this negative mentality that was built around running. And I was okay at it, but I just didn't enjoy it because of the context. Um, when it came time to be in college and I wanted to play organized sports, like basketball was my dream. And when I got to college, I decided that I just, you know, now I can say in reflection, but at that time I didn't know, I just didn't want to be on a women's team. And so I played intramural, you know, anything that was co-ed is what I did. But a good way for me to be active on my own, because I really missed that experience of being an athlete, was to run. And so I picked up running kind of later in my college career, just recreationally, just to try to keep myself in shape. And what I found was actually before I knew I was trans, I knew that my I felt more comfortable in my body when it was a little more 
what I would say is like traditionally masculine appearing, right? If I, I wanted to broaden my shoulders, I wanted to kind of slim my waist. And so like there were these things I was thinking about when I was going to the gym and running was one way to help me sort of achieve some of the fitness goals that I had, which were really in in hindsight, you know, designed was like I was kind of socially transitioning before I even knew what that meant. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a not uncommon experience with a lot of people as they look back and they're like, oh, that was gender. <laughs> that was just gender is why I was really into that one thing. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And, you know, I think running really was attracted to me then through that process of like figuring out my identity and the language to describe it to other people and then uh, actually thinking about and then moving through social and then medical transition. It was just something that I could do by myself. I could do with minimal equipment and I could do it anywhere. And so I didn't have to be associated with a men's or a women's team. I didn't have to go into a locker room and navigate that experience. I really could just maintain and uh, grow in my fitness and running on my own through my own design, which was really helpful for me because there were moments in my transition or before transition that the gym seemed like a very scary place and gendered teams didn't fit for me. So it, that was the, that was really what sustained me through that time of not being able to feel comfortable with other people in sport. Yeah. Um, at this point, do you just focus on, sort of long distance speedy sports related to triathlons and duathlons or do you still do some rec sports for fun or is it kind of like for insurance reasons i am not allowed to look at a sport unless um un unless it is running yeah you know the insurance reasons thing is funny because i used to really love skateboarding and snowboarding and as soon as i became serious about running and triathlon i had to give those two up uh, as well as dodgeball, actually, I gave up dodgeball as well because I was concerned about injury. Um, you know, I do both short and long races. And so I've, I'm on Team USA for both long course and short course, which is a little bit of a unique situation because the short races can be under an hour, the long ones upwards of seven to eight hours. Um, you know, I, I've done those. I've dabbled in the race walking and had some success there. Uh, you know, I try to be as active as I can. So this summer was a little bit of stand-up paddleboarding, not as much as I would like. Um, out roller skating every once in a while. I think that's incredibly fun. Uh, anything that I can do that is keeps me active is really, you know, what I would say is probably a hobby. Um, and as much as I can, as long as I am not at risk of twisting my ankle, I'm I'm pretty uh pretty set on doing it. And roller skating isn't in that category for you? I am not as aggressive as a roller skater that I would feel like I might uh roll my ankle. I feel pretty good in the skates. That is <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Um yeah, the way I roller skate involves uh colliding at incredibly fast speeds with other people doing that so. yeah love to watch it love love to be a spectator at your events uh, my roller skating is very different <laughs> <laughs> what are other sports you like to watch uh you know this year i really got into wnba a lot more than i had been i've always been a fan but like just have to shout out the league is so incredible for their social justice initiatives. And also the athletes are just so incredible individually and as teams. And I got season tickets this year. I had been to a couple of games in the past, but really uh, doubled down on my commitment right behind the opposing team's bench in Chicago and had the most incredible time 
Um, Chicago Sky won last year. We unfortunately did not this year, but you know that has been incredible. And really, interestingly enough, I've always been an advocate for women's sports, but I think that I had before I transitioned, had some real uh, anxiety about promoting that because I didn't want to be associated with being a woman. And and I think now through my transition, I have definitely become a stronger uh, feminist and and stronger advocate and vocal advocate for women's sports. And I think that's really important, especially in this context of political climate of saying that it's, you know, it's either inclusion or protecting, quote unquote, protecting women in sports, right? Um, You know, I think, obviously, I I believe that you can do both. You can have safe and fair and inclusive play. We've been doing it for decades in certain sports. It is possible. And I think my love of women's sports is really important to talk about right now because, you know, it's not not an either or situation. I, I can both advocate for trans people and non-binary people in sport, and also uplift cisgender women who who are playing. Um, also, I love the W because it's such a queer league. You know, like in terms of yeah. Um, in terms also, of- what a fucking year for the WNBA too. Like, I'm a Seattle Storm fan, so I was like watching every game and just uh, watching Sue Bird and having big feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also I'm a Baylor Bear. So I actually went to school with Brittany Griner. So it's been like a really fucked up year on that point, just to be watching the WNBA and then every game remember like, oh yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Wild. I was at, yeah. I was at the games with a sign uh, that said bring, bring BG home that was on every game that was broadcast in Chicago. I'm probably right there with the sign. Um, yeah, I think it's important to talk about that very specifically and also the intersections of her blackness and queerness and how dangerous yeah. the situation it really is. Uh, so thank you for bringing that up. Um, always top of mind. Um, yeah, basically any women's sports, what do I watch? And then also the Tour de France. And um, that's like my favorite time of the year in terms of other sporting events. Did you, uh, I'm, this is me being a, a obnoxious feminist sports hipster. Um, did you catch any of the new, the professional fast pitch league, the new one? It's, it's literally just two teams this year, but it's three teams next year. Is it the Athletes Unlimited? Uh, no. What is it? One second. Well, while you look that up, it's... I will just give a plug here for your listeners. Um, athletes My Unlimited. cat is biting the hell out of me. Please continue <laughs> your pitch while I uh, eject her. Okay. Athletes Unlimited is an incredible uh, recent sports league that is uh, professional women's um, competitions in softball, volleyball, and lacrosse. And they actually do a really interesting structure of teams. It is individuals that are drafted by two co-leaders and then people get both team scores and individual scores and then the the teams shuffle. And so it's just really fascinating to watch. It's so awesome that there are more opportunities for women at the professional level in sports and also that it's it's a really sustainable and thoughtful league. Um, They have a great trans inclusion policy. Um, you know, they're, they're being, um, really intentional about how they further women's sports. And I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, and athletes that's, uh, auprosports.com, I believe is their website. Mm-hmm. And then the new softball league, it's the WPF, the women's professional fast pitch league. And currently it's the smash it sports vipers in Rochester, New York. And then the USSSA. Pride of Europe, Florida, and then starting next year, 
There's also going to be the Oklahoma City Spark. So you should check that out if you're interested. I paid like the $40 for like the streaming season pass, which was worth it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, let me look at my notes and ask another question now. We've talked about that. Ba-ba-ba. Oh, so do you have, with, with, I know with solo sports, uh, especially as you mature, this is less likely, but do you have coaches and mentors you currently work with and are there things you get from that? Yeah, I am a coach myself. And so that's a little bit of a hard part of being a coach is that you think sometimes that you know what you should do and you do, but it, you don't have the accountability person to actually uh, do it. So coaches are just like any other athlete. Um, I have had a coach in the past. I do not currently work with one now, Just and that was actually just a price thing. I just got priced out. I had an incredible coach when I was making my first U.S. national teams. And, um, you know, to get a coach, I actually had a really hard time. So I was already four years. Uh, it had been four years since I came out, and I was looking for a coach to take me to the next level. And I was turned down by three different people who said that they couldn't coach someone, quote unquote, someone like me, because what would it say about them or that they didn't want to be associated with a trans athlete? Uh, That was heartbreaking, you know, and hopefully that that's not the case now, you know, five, six years later. But uh, I did work with a coach in the past. I will definitely go back to working with a coach uh, when I find the right person. And I think that everybody can use some accountability and just an outside set of eyes as guidance, no matter how skilled you are, no matter how much you know or certifications you have, it's always good, I think, to have that check-in and that accountability. Are there skills you developed either through individual practice being coached or coaching other people that you feel like have helped you just be a better, more rounded person and like a better, a better human to be around and share a planet with. I think I think sports has been instrumental in me getting all of the skills that I really love about myself and I often reflect on this that even from from my youth sport days the things that I learned about myself in terms of uh, confidence and goal setting and communication skills working with other people how to win and and be graceful about it how to lose and bounce back everything that I think about in terms of of resiliency and um, persistence really kind of came from sports. And I can't even tell you how much that helped me in the early days of my transition. And even like thinking about, I think that my experience as a trans person has been very closely related to those skills that I learned through sport. And I felt really well prepared uh, to endure certain trying parts of, of being a trans person in America because of what I've learned through sports of, of just like sticking with it and progress over time and those sort of things like patience. I think patience is a big thing that I learned through sports and through my transition that has helped me become, you know, better, a better person, a better coworker, a better uh, human being in the world. Great. Uh, next question. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, Sorry, my phone is now buzzing to be like, your Uber is on its way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I got to hop on a plane. Um, Yeah, I think a thing a lot of people underestimate about sports and just what humans value about it is it's such a big part of how we grow as people is through play. Mm -hmm. And if you look back even at like the games we don't even necessarily consider sports, just like the silly stuff kids play together. It's not just like physical exercise or like competition as some sort of like, oh, I am the best. It's how we learn to socialize, how we learn to navigate 
conflict, social situations, and how to like come together, either to work together as a goal, or just to be able to congratulate people when working individually and be like, you really blew me out of the water. And frankly, that's cool as hell. I love that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, what, uh, how much time do we have left? Yeah. Um, what's the coolest thing you've, I think you've ever seen in competition uh, on wow. the topic of being blown out of the water, maybe? Well, I'll tell you what, a recent one that I keeps coming across my feed. There is this uh, feed on the Olympics Instagram channel that they often post this, um, this climber climbing up a wall and she makes it up in, t- in six seconds from the bottom. So it's rock climbing. It's from the uh, most recent Olympics. And it was the debut of rock climbing in the Olympics. And it's just, I have never seen anything like this for someone to scale a wall that, that quickly. And it, it gives me chills to watch it. I mean, it's a 10 second clip and I will play it over and over again. And every time it crosses my feed, I will, I will repost it. It is one of the most incredible feats of athletics, athleticism and concentration and speed I have ever seen in my life. That sounds amazing. Uh, you will have to send me that and I will, I'll, I'll post it when I put up the announcement for this episode. Okay. That sounds super cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, last two questions. Uh, what do you wish more people understood about you as a person and an athlete? I think as a person, I hope that they understand that I am more than just an athlete. Like being an athlete is an essential part of my identity that I can never separate from myself but just so is my transness and I'm more than just a trans person. I am, you know, I am a partner. I am a son. I am a uh, coach. I am so much more than just being trans. And then as an athlete, I, you know, hope that people understand that I work my ass off and that I have not achieved success because I'm trans, which I'm not sure that people really think that for people assigned female at birth, but the, the fact remains that, you know, being trans is not a, is not my superpower. My superpower is enduring, uh, is being persistent and being resilient. And so I hope that people understand that the training that goes into, um, being an athlete for me is, uh, it, it's a lot and it's, it, it's, it, it's why I have been able to accomplish what I've been able to do. That's awesome. Where can people find you online and what are things you'd like people to find online? Well, I'm an incredibly interesting Google search for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, so I would love if people follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Instagram is uh, more of the, you know, the reels and whatnot, but the Twitter is uh, lots of threads of information. Uh, both of those are at the Chris Mosier, C-H-R-I-S-M-O-S-I-E-R. And also transathlete.com. I hope that folks will go and check out transathlete.com, see the policies that are out there, see some uh, resources. And also if you are looking to create a policy or have a policy that's not on there, please contact me. That resource is for everyone and it is um, sourced from others. So please be a part of that. Hello, it's Future Ada again. So some stuff has changed since we recorded this, like... Twitter is now X, and I am not on X right now, really. I'm kind of on Blue Sky, but not really posting anything. I'm kind of on threads, but not really posting anything. Might start a TikTok. I'll let you know when I figure that out. But if you want to keep up with the podcast, 
you can go to patreon.com backslash totally trans and back us at five dollars or more a month to get access to the discord we recently changed our patreon tier so there's a one dollar tier that's just sort of a tip for that you get an official fan certificate that you can print off at home and make as fancy as you want uh additionally at five dollars if you go up to the next tier you get the content a little early and you get access to the print zine archive that we are putting together where we're making a print zine for um batches of episodes so look out for that and then if you back us at ten dollars or more a month you get an on-air thank you um and a discount to the totally trans merch on splendorqueer.com as well as some other stuff uh one of the biggest changes since we recorded this is totally trans is now part of splendor queer for tax and business reasons so um check out splendorqueer.com buy some weird art it's my weird art i'm adding stuff up to there periodically yep see you next week or won't see you that's not how this works but you'll hear me well i think you'll hear katie have a good one bye no crying in baseball! Just side. Big time block by Brittany Griner. What a goal by Rapinos! You've got to be kidding me! On her knees in the 5-6 hole. I'm Maggie. Maggie Mayhem. I'm blessed. But I could change that. Yeah, you'll have to change that.